You are listening to The Dr. Kinney Show, and I'm your host, Erin Kinney, a naturopathic doctor and speaker who's passionate about teaching you how to understand what is happening in your body, why your body is reacting the way it is, and how to make the appropriate changes in your life to get your body back into balance. Something I've learned from my private practice is that the more patients know about their health, the more likely they are to make better diet and lifestyle choices, which ultimately leads them to a faster recovery. Each week, you are going to learn actionable tips, tricks, and teachings from myself, along with the help of top experts in the holistic health community, so that you can make better informed decisions about your body and your healthcare. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Dr. Kinney Show. This week, had so many patients coming in lately with all of the hypothyroid symptoms, but they have been told that their thyroid is normal. So I wanted to do an episode about this because it's really, really common, and I want to kind of help you walk through this if this is you. So if you're struggling with fatigue, constipation, dry skin, maybe changes to your hair, that could be changes to your texture, hair falling out, again, dry skin, trouble with your nails, maybe they're brittle, maybe they're breaking, constipation, loss of the lateral third of your eyebrows or just a change in your eyebrows, maybe some brain fog, difficulty with your memory. These are all the classic symptoms of hypothyroidism. And again, it's really common, particularly for women, to have a lot of these symptoms. They go to their doctor and they're like, hey, I'm, I'm really tired and I can't seem to go to the bathroom and my brain is foggy and oh, joint pain can be another one and my joints kind of hurt. And their doctor's like, great, we'll run some labs. And they have their TSH ran, run, which stands for thyroid stimulating hormone. And most of the time, this hormone will come back quote unquote normal. And what that means is it's within the, the typical reference range. And their doctor's like, hey, you know, I think you're just tired. You might just be stressed and tired. So, you know, maybe change your diet, maybe lose some weight. And this this can be really frustrating because I've, I've had a lot of patients tell me this. They're like, yeah, my doctor told me that I might feel better if I lose weight, but I'm not sure they heard me that I've done all the things to lose weight and it's not changing. And this is a major symptom of having a thyroid issue is if you're eating really well and you're exercising and you don't see your weight moving or your weight is going up in that situation, really big red flag to be like, you know what, maybe there's something going on with my thyroid. Or if you've kind of done, you've been kind of just going about your merry way and your weight has crept up and you haven't really changed anything, that's also kind of a red flag to go look at thyroid. So most of the time these patients end up in my office or maybe you end up in another, you know, a functional medicine doctor's office and you're like, hey, like, I really don't feel good, and I've been told everything's checked out. What can you do for me? So here's where I start. The first thing that's really important is you need to make sure that you've had a full thyroid workup. And if you follow me on Instagram, you know I talk about this a lot. Make sure you're getting all the thyroid tests run. And I'll explain why this is important, but let me list the tests first. You want to get a TSH, which you probably already had run, but we want to look at it again. You want to get a free T4, a free T3, a T3 uptake, thyroid antibodies, and reverse T3. And these are the six thyroid tests that absolutely need to be run if you're going to really assess what's going on with your thyroid. Now, there's other things that I'm going to talk about that you can check for in addition to the thyroid because sometimes there's something else coming into play here, but we're really just talking about thyroid here in this episode. So 
Let's talk first about TSH. So TSH stands for thyroid stimulating hormone. And this is a hormone that actually your thyroid doesn't make, your brain makes. And this is the hormone that the brain makes in order to tell the thyroid to make thyroid hormone. Specifically, it tells the thyroid to make T4. If you're listening to this and you have a pen and paper, it's gonna be really helpful to get a visual. So you can write TSH and then draw a little arrow and then draw T4. I draw this a lot on the whiteboard in my office. If you're a patient, you'll be like, oh yeah, I've seen that drawing before. I think it's just helpful to get an understanding of kind of what's happening. So the brain is telling the thyroid to make T4. T4 is not the active form of thyroid. It is the inactive form of thyroid hormone. So it's kind of what hangs around and it has a very long half-life, meaning it chills out and hangs out in the body until the body needs active thyroid hormone. And when it needs active thyroid hormone, then that T4 has to get converted into T3. And T3 is the active form of thyroid hormone. This is what's actually gonna go into your cells and is going to turn on your metabolism. It's going to regulate your bowels. It's gonna give you energy. It's going to increase your basal metabolic rate, which means it's going to regulate your body temperature. That's another thyroid symptom is if your temperature is always running like in the 97s, that's a sign that your thyroid's probably not functioning optimally. And some people don't know that, but so get out a thermometer when you're not sick and just see what your body temperature is running. If it's 97.6, yes, that's not a fever, but that's also not normal. We should be at 98.6. And the reason we want to be at 98.6 is when we're at that temperature, that's the temperature one at which our metabolisms are going to work the best because the warmer the body is, the more calories you burn. If our temperature is a little bit low, your metabolism is going to be down a little bit because, you know, everything in your body is a little cooler. So we don't, you know, the metabolism doesn't work as fast. And two, it's the temperature at which most viruses and bacteria don't want to live in. So again, 98.6 is the temperature you want to be at. If you're too low, it's a sign that we want to kind of look into the thyroid. So, okay, back to the thyroid cascade. We have TSH telling the thyroid to make T4. T4 has to get converted to T3. So the way the thyroid kind of pathway works with the brain and the thyroid talking to each other is... If you have not enough T3 or T4, there's a little feedback loop, which will go back to the brain, back to the hypothalamus where that TSH gets made. And this feedback loop will say, hey brain, we don't have enough thyroid hormone. Please make more stimulating hormone. So you'll see the TSH go up the lower the T3 and T4 levels are. So that's kind of what's supposed to happen. If you have too much T3 or too much T4, the feedback loop will go back to the brain and says, hey brain, we've got plenty of T3 and T4, you can lower the TSH. Or if we have the right amount, it'll do the same thing. Hey brain, we've got you know the right amount of T3, T4, you don't need to make too much or too little of this TSH stimulating hormone. So that's kind of how things are supposed to work. And then when we have that T3 kind of floating around in the peripheral tissues, well, the next step that has to happen is that T3 has to actually bind to a receptor in the cells and it has to get taken up into the cells. And this is another really important part of the process because you could have normal TSH, normal T3, normal T4, but if your T3 uptake, which is one of the tests I recommended, if that's really low, that means that that T3 isn't getting inside your cells. And most things don't really do much for the body if they don't get inside the cell. So it's really cool that we have this test that will allow us to determine, hey, how much of that thyroid hormone is actually being utilized? So if that T3 uptake is low, that's going to be a bit of a problem. And then the last test, of the, there's two other tests. So the last one that kind of has to do with this, this functional pathway is reverse T3. And reverse T3 is 
basically the mirror image of T3. And it's something that the body always makes a little bit of it. The body always makes a little bit of what we call like, the, it's basically the mirror, again, the mirror image. So it's the same molecule, but it's not quite the same molecule. And so if the body's making a lot of that reverse T3, that's a problem. And what will happen is that reverse T3, it can go and bind to the T3 receptors on the cell sites but it's not a good match. Like it will fit into the receptor, but the reverse T3 won't get into the side of the cells and it doesn't activate what it's supposed to activate. It's very much like if regular T3 were a right hand and reverse T3 were a left hand, all of the receptors in your cells for thyroid hormone are a right-handed glove. So if you think about a glove, you can fit a left hand into that right-handed glove, but it's not gonna be a good fit, right? It's not gonna match up. So if your reverse T3 is too high, that can also indicate something not going right in your thyroid. So it could cause some of the hypothyroid symptoms. So again, we've got TSH, which is made in the brain. We've got T4, which the thyroid makes, inactive form. That has to then converted, get converted to T3. T3 has to then get taken up into the cells. And if there's not enough of the T3, T4, we'll get see an increase of TSH. If there's too much T3, T4, we'll see a decrease in the TSH. And that's how the thyroid is supposed to function. Now, there's a couple things that can happen here. I sometimes will get patients that will have low T3, low T4, and their TSH is normal. And let me just talk about this real quick. A normal TSH for the quote-unquote normal in the reference range is between about 0.45 and 4.5. So if your TSH falls anywhere along that spectrum and you go see your you know regular Western doc, they're going to say, oh, your TSH is fine, nothing to worry about. Now, in the functional medicine space, or what I like to see, I like to see TSH around one, sometimes between one and two, but one is pretty much the optimal TSH. And let's say that your TSH is run and it is one, it's normal. You're like, wow, well, I got my TSH run, my doctor ran it, it's one, it looks really good, but you didn't get your T3 and T4 levels looked at. Now, we can usually assume if the thyroid and the brain are communicating correctly, that if TSH is one, then you probably have enough T3 and T4, right? Well, not always the case. There are some cases where the brain and the thyroid aren't communicating properly. And typically this can happen from chronic stress. Certain infections can do this. It basically disrupts the thyroid and the brain talking. So if your T3 is really low and your T4 is really low and you have a normal TSH, you're not going to feel good because here's what makes you feel good thyroid-wise. It's actually the T3 getting into the cells. The TSH number doesn't really, I mean, it has an impact on some other things, but it typically doesn't have an impact on how you're feeling. That's why it's really important to get the T3, the T4, the T3 uptake, and the reverse T3 done, because if those things aren't right, those things can be not right, and your TSH can still be normal. So really important to get those things checked. The last thing that I haven't talked about yet with the thyroid testing is your thyroid antibodies. And this is looking at whether or not the immune system is attacking the thyroid. And typically, we look for thyroid peroxidase antibodies, thyroglobulin antibodies, these are the two main antibodies that can contribute to something called Hashimoto's, which is a condition where the immune system is attacking the thyroid. And it's probably the number one cause of hypothyroidism, particularly in women. So it's really important to have these checked. Oftentimes people don't get them checked. And what will happen over time is if the body is attacking the thyroid, eventually we will start to see a hypothyroid type of situation pop up. Sometimes in the initial phases of and there's Graves, which I'm not going to talk about as much because it's a little bit rarer. I could do an episode on that later. If you guys want to give me feedback, if that's something you're interested, please let me know. But mostly I'm going to talk about Hashimoto's because that's probably the more common autoimmune picture that we see. 
So if these antibodies are attacking the thyroid, we start to see a decline in thyroid function. But again, initially, sometimes when the antibodies are first produced, we can see an increase in thyroid function. So you might see some hyperthyroid-like symptoms, which could be anxiety, frequent bowel movements, not being able to sleep, rapid, rapid weight loss, muscle wasting, also brain fog, and sometimes fatigue. It kind of depends on what's going on. But, but typically, kind of as the longer that the body has those thyroid antibodies, we'll start to see a decline in thyroid function. So in most cases, the treatment for someone who has Hashimoto's is their given thyroid hormone. Now, that's great if the thyroid hormone, if you need thyroid hormone, but it's not actually addressing the root issue. The root issue is that your immune system has a problem. Your immune system thinks that your thyroid is not what it should be. And there's a lot of causes for this, and I've done some other episodes on this, so I highly recommend going back and listening to the other thyroid episodes I've done. So, really important to get those antibodies checked. And a common thing that I see is people will have their antibodies checked once, so they kind of get the diagnosis of Hashimoto's, but they never check them again. And what we want to be doing when we're treating Hashimoto's is we want to get rid of those antibodies. And let me just tell you, if you have Hashimoto's, it's reversible. It might take a while, and you got to figure out what is triggering the immune system to go all be in a tizzy, but you can get rid of thyroid antibodies. So again, once we figure out kind of what has triggered the immune system to attack the thyroid— and so that's really the work that needs to be done. And it's really important to get your antibodies checked regularly so you can see, hey, are they going down? Are they going up? Is what I'm doing working? Because most often what happens is people with Hashimoto's, they get put on a dose of thyroid medication, which I'll get into this in a minute, but usually a Synthroid type of medication, which is a T4 medication. And they just kind of monitor the TSH. But here's the tricky thing is it can sometimes be really hard to get the dosing right of T4 for someone with Hashimoto's because sometimes the immune system goes nuts and attacks the thyroid, and sometimes it, it chills out and it doesn't, depending on some other factors. So we can see TSH do this, which, and oftentimes we'll change the medication up, and that can be very confusing to the system. And so it is really important, one, to be working with someone who kind of knows what they're doing here, right? So, and to get those antibodies checked regularly so that you know, because again, that's what we want to be working on. So, Quick note about thyroid medication, because if you're listening and you're on thyroid medication, you're going to be like, hey, what am I taking? Is this right for me? The most common thyroid medication is Synthroid or Levothyroxine, which is a synthetic form of T4, which as you've heard me say, the T4 is that inactive form of thyroid. And so if your TSH is high and your T4 is low, a lot of times, and you don't have any conversion issues, Synthroid or Levothyroxine can be a fantastic medication. And for some people, it's great. And again, but that's usually if there's a very textbook situation, you have the elevated TSH, kind of a low T4, and then you take the T4, and if the body can convert well and uptake well, you're probably going to feel really good on Synthroid or Levothyroxine. Now, just as a caveat, if you have any gluten sensitivities, Synthroid and Levothyroxine, they actually contain gluten in the coating, so you probably want to find a different medication if that's the case. And some people are sensitive to the coating on that medication to begin with. Now, if you have a problem converting, or if you have a problem with uptake, typically the glandular forms of thyroid medication are going to be much more effective for you. So something like an armor thyroid, an NP thyroid, or what we call a compounded thyroid, which is like an armor and NP thyroid kind of have standard amounts of T4 and T3 in them. If you're a difficult case and we want X amount of T3 and X amount of T4, you can have a pharmacist compound the specific amount that you need, which can be really, really helpful. If you've struggled with getting your thyroid medication right for a really long time, highly recommend working with someone who does a lot of thyroid work. They can get you on a compounded version of a thyroid hormone, and it will probably be life-changing for you. But what I find a lot is I get a lot of patients coming in, and 
maybe they've kind of determined that their thyroid isn't so great or, or they actually tested, you know, for a hypothyroid state, meaning their TSH was above 4.5 and they've been put on Synthroid. And maybe they felt a little bit better, you feel a little, but you still don't feel like you want to feel. Like maybe the weight hasn't come off or your energy's still low. Like some of these things improved a little bit, but not really. This is where it might be really helpful, again, to look at your levels of T4, your levels of T3, that T3 uptake, that reverse T3, and also the antibodies, if that's something that we're struggling with in your case. And for a lot of people switching to a glandular thyroid medication, it makes all the difference in the world. And again, this is if you have conversion problems, if you don't convert well from T3, T4 to T3, taking a little bit of T3 with your T4 will really help the system out. Now, that being said, if we know you're really not great at converting, this is where you want to work with a doctor who's also going to try to figure out why you're not converting well. And that can be from stress. That could be from stealth infections. That could be from mold exposure. That could be from gut health. Gut health is a big one here because a lot of that converting happens in the GI tract. So making sure your gut health is on track is really important. Now, the thing that's kind of unfortunate is in a lot of thyroid issues, we tend to have a slower motility of the digestive tract, which can lead to constipation, and that can actually affect the conversion. So working on your digestion is really, really helpful in these situations. And kind of, again, while we're doing that to help you feel better, taking you know that glandular thyroid that has the T3 in it can be really, really helpful. Now, there's a little bit of a tricky, sometimes people get in a tricky spot with this. They're like, hey, my endocrinologist is not really open to having me switch to a glandular. And I, it's an interesting thing. A lot of endocrinologists, they like Synthroid. They like levothyroxine. They don't really love the glandulars. I, I'm not sure why that is, but that's kind of the case. So if you're like, hey, they really aren't listening to me, but I got my T3 levels checked and my T3's low, another thing you can do is you could add on the synthetic form of T3, which is called lyothyronine. And so typically you start with kind of a lower dose of that and you take it in conjunction with the levothyroxine, with their Synthroid. And this can be really helpful for some people. Again, if you don't have any gluten sensitivities and you've been doing okay on the Synthroid, but you feel like you could be doing a little bit better and we know your T3 is low, taking a little bit of that lyothyronine can be really, really, really helpful. And I've seen that be, I have some patients where they come in and they're like, hey, I think I'd like to switch to a glandular. I've been reading about it. And we switch them and they don't feel good. And you know, everyone responds to medications a little bit differently. And some people, they respond better to the Synthroid, but we know they need the T3. So in some cases, we'll put them back on the Synthroid or the levothyroxine, and then we'll add in some of that lyothyronine or the synthetic T3. And they do fantastic on that. So as you can see, there's a lot of nuances here. There's a lot of things to look at. And I think the frustrating thing on my end and also for patients is that, you know, the TSH is often like, oh, if the TSH is normal, they must feel great. So again, you could have a very normal T TSH, but still not feel right. So again, like I talk about all the time, make sure you're working with a provider who's going to investigate a little bit deeper, who's going to kind of work with you, who's going to listen to your symptoms. Because here's another thing. I have some patients where their TSH is normal, like in the range I like to see. Their T3 and T4 levels are also kind of how I like to see. They're uptaking okay, but they still have all the thyroid symptoms. And there's something called euthyroid syndrome where everything kind of checks out okay on the labs, but they feel better when we put them on a small dose of thyroid medication or a thyroid support. Sometimes in this case, I'll start patients on like a thyroid supplement support. And in some of those cases, you can get a very, very small dose of T3 and T4 or some herbs that support the thyroid, a little bit of iodine if your iodine's low. Oh, that's the other thing that I left out. 
really important to get your iodine levels checked. If the body doesn't have enough iodine, it literally can't make T4. So, and sometimes low iodine can affect conversion as well. So make sure your iodine levels are optimal. And in a lot of cases, they're low because we don't eat iodized salt anymore. Most of, you know, we switched to sea salt, which is fantastic. Sea salt has amazing benefits, but it doesn't have iodine in it. And if you don't eat seafood or if you don't eat sushi, if and if you don't eat iodized salt, probably your iodine levels are low. Now, you also can take too much iodine and that can be dangerous for the thyroid as well. So we want iodine to be optimal. So good thing to get that checked as well. End of the day, again, make sure you're working with someone who's going to do all the testing, who's going to work with you, who's going to listen to your symptoms. And I was talking about that thyroid syndrome where patients where labs check out, you know, perfectly for me as well. And other things have checked out, like maybe their adrenals are also good or they've got, you know, their gut health is good. Sometimes they feel better just on a little dose of thyroid hormone. So, so again, end message, make sure you're working with someone who's going to do all the testing, who's going to help you on this journey. So we talked about all the thyroid testing, some of the thyroid medication, some other things to make sure we're checking if your TSH is normal, but maybe you have some slight things that are out of whack with the T3 and T4 of the uptake is the things that I'm usually looking at are making sure your adrenals are functioning okay. So looking at cortisol levels, looking at DHEA levels, making sure those are good, looking at your stress levels, what's going on, because stress stress can do a couple of things. One, it can upregulate the production of thyroid antibodies. Two, it will affect T4 to T3 conversion. And three, it will affect T3 uptake. Four, it will increase the production of reverse T3. So, you know, stress will have a major impact on the functioning of your thyroid. So make sure we look at stress, we look at adrenals and see what they're doing. And either too low cortisol or too high cortisol can have an impact on thyroid function as well. I also like to screen for viral infections and for Lyme. Any sort of major stealth infection in the body will acts as a major stressor and can do all the things that I just mentioned that stress will do to the thyroid. So it'll affect T4 to T3 conversion, it'll affect T3 uptake, it'll affect reverse T3 production, and it'll affect the production of antibodies. The viral and stealth infection piece will kind of have a double impact on antibodies. One, via its stress-mediated pathway, and two, they can actually, like, if, if those viral things are living in the thyroid, that will cause the immune system to go crazy and can cause it an even much higher increase in thyroid antibodies. So looking for viral infections and mold, or excuse me, and Lyme, and then also looking for mold markers or taking, you know, assessing your environment for mold. Mold can have a major impact on all systems in the body, but it has a big affinity for the thyroid. The mycotoxins can mess up thyroid stuff, can kind of do a similar thing to the stealth pathogens, will cause stress in the body, will trigger an increase in production of antibodies if there's a, an autoimmune situation going on. Parasites can kind of do a similar thing. So if you've got a lot of GI issues, parasites will tend to affect the GI system the most. And so if there's parasites there, that can have a major impact on that T4 to T3 conversion. Because again, a lot of that conversion is happening in the GI tract. And then, like I mentioned, looking at GI health. So making sure your bowels are as regular as possible. You know, you want to make sure your floor is really balanced and motility is good. And so, again, getting a really healthy GI tract. Sometimes this might look like looking at food sensitivities or, or for a lot of people with thyroid stuff, I always screen for gluten sensitivities or celiac because gluten can have a major impact, particularly for the autoimmune piece of, of thyroid issues. So those are some of the other things that I like to address and assess if we're, you know, if someone's coming in with a lot of these hypothyroid symptoms. All right, I think that's all I got in me for today. So I hope you guys enjoyed and I hope this you learned something. And again, if you're interested in Graves, I can do an episode kind of more specific to Graves stuff. Just DM me or send us a message and we can kind of get something like that out. And thank you guys so much for listening. And I will talk to you next week. 
hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Dr. Kinney Show. Be sure to follow the show and leave a rating and a review. It supports me so much. Plus, I always love hearing from you guys. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I'll talk to you next week.